All right. Well, welcome to episode number seven, Conversations with Craig. And since we pick an athlete for each episode that wore that number, we've got baseball today. There is only one number seven in baseball, and it's Mickey Mantle. So this is a Mickey Mantle episode. Hopefully the, the gentleman that we have on the call today can live up to that billing. We are joined today by the head coach of the LMU Lions, Nathan Choate, our fourth round draft pick from this year, Nick Frosso, and then free agent signees Cooper, Ewell, and Trevin Escara. Uh, so we'll kind of jump right in. We'll start with you, Coach. What was it like uh, for you to have Nick be drafted and then obviously uh, two, two great senior leaders also signed free agent contracts? Maybe just talk about that that day. I'm muted Thank there. You. There yeah, we there go. You, go. Um, you know, that doesn't happen very often where I get muted, but I was muted there. No, um, really excited just following the draft. And obviously it's a different year than we're typically used to uh, with major league baseball and the draft and the whole process. So um, a little nerve wracking at times because I know how hard these guys have worked and, and they've wanted to pursue professional baseball. And so the fact that they've gotten this opportunity and that they've earned this opportunity, I know we are all proud as a program and, and wish them nothing but the best of luck. You can't thank them enough for what they've done and, you know, what a treat for me as a first-time head coach to have three guys like this to really help me, you know, um, get things started. So really happy for them and, and excited to follow their careers. Oh, back at you, Craig. <laughs> I did the same. I just did the same thing. If you're watching the video version, my, my lips started moving. We're, we're amateur hour here uh, on the podcast today. But, no, I want to echo what Nate said, obviously – had some great leadership, had a great run, and you, you contributed to uh, Nate's redshirt year since he really didn't get to complete this year. So he just redshirt this year. He really starts next year. But we'll start with you, Nick. Obviously, being drafted in the fourth round, you're projected anywhere from one to one first round to fifth round, really. So what was it like kind of waiting to hear your name called? Uh, and, did, and did you have any indication where you were going to go? Yeah, so um... – it was a good experience. Honestly, it was, it was a little stressful at times. I honestly didn't really know where I was going to go. I knew I was probably anywhere from like rounds three to five, most likely. But yeah, it was supposed to be just me and my family at home. Then all of a sudden, one by one, like my friends started pouring in, just got a little bit more stressful. I mean, it was cool. Definitely like a cool experience. But I was kind of like up in my room on the phone, like all my friends were like waiting downstairs. But I mean, great experience like to celebrate that with good group of friends unfortunately didn't get a celebrate that with Cooper and Trevin but yeah it was just like good group of close friends and great experience overall and and Cooper you you signed uh basically I don't know if it was a day of the draft or the day after the draft right away with A's did you already have kind of a a good inkling uh working with just knowing where you could potentially go or the teams that were interested in you well there was so it was the first day of the free agent is when I I told them I was going to sign with them, but up until that point, the A's weren't really on my radar as much as a couple other teams, but they were, the, they, they, when they called me that day, they were the most interested and were the ones that offered me right away. So I was like, kind of like they were the teams that wanted to get going. And I, I liked that about them. So I'm kind of excited just to get going with them. So Coop, when, when you're trying to make a decision uh, to, from, you know, when you have the opportunity to, in, a, in essence, kind of pick among different teams that might be interested in you. Do you actually look at the, the depth chart of, of count, how many catchers they have, might have in the organization? Is that something you 
pay attention to, or were you just the A's seem to be the most interesting? It was in the beginning, but then kind of talking to a bunch of uh, my friends that are in organizations already as catchers, and they're saying the numbers they don't really matter as much as long as you kind of put all your work in and like you're doing your work, it's you're going to move up through the system. So. No, I, that, that makes complete sense. And, and Trev, you, you took a little bit of time and, and then signed with the, the Tigers, which is, which is great. Obviously, uh, Tigers are near and dear to our heart because President Snyder is maybe the biggest Detroit Tigers fan I know. He literally watches every single Major League Baseball game. So I know he texted me uh, right away he, when, when he saw that you signed with the Tigers because he was, he was probably the most excited person on campus outside of your teammates and, and Nate. But what, what was that experience like for you, Trev, and, and how excited are you to kind of join the Tigers? I'm really excited. Um, probably in the beginning, right around the free agent period, when it started, I got a couple calls. So I was pretty hopeful right around then, and nothing really came out of those, those calls. Um, and it took a little time. I was kind of getting ready to come back to LMU for, for a second there. Um, but getting a call, just, just excited, relieving for sure. Excited. Well, we would have taken we, just for the record. We would have taken Coop or Trev back in a heartbeat. We were ready to to find the money to make that happen, uh, as and have you here for another year. But we also wanted what was best for you, which was good. But Trev, uh, on a side note, I keep seeing you running throughout Westchester. What do you have that mile time down to? Because you are booking when I see you. You're moving. Uh, I mean, I don't really have a set like record, but I'll beat Erickson. Wherever I know he's going to watch this yeah. soon. I'll, I'll beat him in our two mile. I, I Erickson better watch out because yeah. right now Trev's putting in the work. He, he's going to be the most well-conditioned uh, person in, in the Tigers camp when they get rolling. Maybe, maybe uh, we'll take you off mute again, but if you can just talk about uh, each each one of these young men and kind of what they meant to the program and maybe what the, the organizations that they're going to be playing for are getting in each player. So maybe just kind of go around the horn with them. Okay, um, I will start with, with Nick. Um, you know, I really believe Nick is a first-round talent. Um, I think if Nick stays healthy, he's going to pitch in the big leagues. I, I really do believe that. Um, you know, one of the things that's unique about him is as good as he is right now, he still has so much upside, um, and he's still learning how to pitch. And, and so I think his best baseball is still out in front of him. Um, he's one of the most athletic pitchers I've ever coached, you know, with obviously everybody knows the ducking videos and that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, one of the things that people don't know about Nick is what a great teammate he is. You know, a year and a half ago, or I guess two years ago when I was the pitching coach, you know, we changed his role several times. And, you know, as a high profile player, sometimes you get some pushback on that kind of thing. And Nick took it in stride and just did whatever we asked him to do, whatever role we asked him to pitch in. Um, and he was really a catalyst on that team that, that went to a regional and pitching him out of the bullpen and him accepting that role and excelling in that role was, was a huge benefit. So he's a really, really big team player, uh, which is a compliment to him. So, and then next we'll go with, with Cooper. Um, Cooper knows how, how hard it probably is to get my signs and the expectation that I have for a catcher, you know, dealing with our pitching staff. Um, he made our pitching staff so much better over the last two years and he deserves so much of the credit of the pitches that he framed and the way that he handled those guys. I mean, they were always fighting in the bullpen to throw their bullpen to Cooper. Right. And, and he would always sacrifice his time, um, whether it be BP or whatever it is to help those guys get better. And, and it's a credit to him and to, to everybody in the organization 
in the A's organization, they are going to love throwing to, to catch because he to Cooper because he's an old school catcher that really loves the art of catching. Um, so he was a leader back there. And, you know, I've been spoiled for two years being the pitching coach. Um, you know, we better figure something out in a hurry next year because we're going to miss him a, a lot. So, and then Trevin, um, you know, Trevin took a little bit longer in this process. If it was a normal draft with the normal draft process, he would have signed a day or two after everything happened. But uh, with Major League Baseball trying to figure out if they were going to play this season, it got delayed and everything. Um, but a, a huge leader, you know, and, and really embraced me taking over the program and uh, really helped, you know, kind of send my message throughout the program to the players. And Mr. Clutch hitting home runs, you know, the first game of the year, you know, he just had a knack for doing things when they mattered. And so the, the, all three of them, um, the leadership that they've had in this program and the impact that they've left on this program um, has been huge. They, they honestly, they helped me be where I am now being the head coach because of what they've done in their careers. And so um, all three are great human beings, great baseball players, probably having three daughters. The biggest compliment that I could give them is I would let any one of my daughters date a guy like any three of any of the three of them. So um, great players, but tremendous human beings. We're going to miss them a lot, except for they do continue to talk trash about the alumni game because we beat the alumni game, beat the alumni up pretty good the last couple of years. And so I think you said it, Trevin, that you're coming to get us this year, right? You're gonna win. Oh, yeah. There's no <laughs> chance. You got no chance. So, going to miss all three, though, for sure. Well, that'll be, that'll be a pretty good alumni game. I'm, I'm coming back for that one if, if these three are, are in attendance. Uh, Nick, so obviously everybody's seen the, the dunking video, but I think what people fail to realize is you actually can really shoot it. That, what I've been told, the scouting report is you can actually really shoot it. Coach Johnson is still has an open scholarship, and when he when he when he learned about you, he's like, "Well, can he can he really shoot it?" If I was to throw you out there right now, at the three point line in Gersten, nobody's in there right now. If you were in there, and we gave you twenty three pointers, how many are you making? Uncontested. <clears throat> right now, okay, I'm going. I'm gonna I'm gonna go, I'm gonna give myself hype myself up a little. I'm gonna go fourteen. Okay, 70%. I like it. But you know what? That's what a shooter would say. So 70% does not surprise me. I don't know. I think all. I got Trevin making more. I'm streaking. He's a three-point three specialist. Sneaky, sneaky shooter, Trevin. Right there. <laughs> okay, so on, on the team, Nick, since you, you seem to have the basketball chops, who can actually play on the team? Like, who can actually play basketball? Oh, because um, everybody uh, thinks here's the thing all football players think they can play basketball all baseball players think they can play basketball but not everybody can so who actually can play on your team okay honestly oh Kenny Oyama he can play a little bit he's yeah. Pretty shaky. yeah he's good I mean there's a there's a good amount of guys who can who can play pretty well but Kenny's like someone who's just like I don't know he's small but so quick and like hard to guard Mm -hmm. But yeah, he's he's fun to play with. But I mean, there's a good amount of guys who are pretty solid. Scramble lots of them, but Grunberg's good. Grunberg. Trevin can shoot a little bit. Cooper's a presence in the paint. At five nine. Hey, that's hey, that's what a, a pitcher will do for you, Coop. Coop, what, here's a kind of an off the wall question. But what was the strangest thing that you've had a, a pitcher say to you? on a mound visit, or even when you're out there with the coach, where you're, you're out there, I mean, keep it, keep it PG, but 
What, what's the strangest thank thing? What's the strangest thing that a, a pitcher has said to you when you go out there? I don't know. You are anywhere, really. Yeah, I don't know if it's really been pitchers. It's more so me talking to them, trying to kind of lighten the mood a little bit. Anytime I see a guy struggling, I always ask him if we want to go get in and out after. That's <laughs> always a good question of mine. But one of my favorite moments on a mound visit was uh, Stockton my freshman year. Gilly goes out there. The umpire was kind of the zone was all over the place. And Gilly goes, all right, I'm going to say enough to this guy to where I don't get tossed. The whole meeting goes well. And then once he's walking back to the dugout, starts chirping again at the umpire, and then he gets tossed. Yeah. So I was just like, oh, man. <laughs> what's the reaction of players when, when, a, when a coach gets run, Trev? Like, what, what's that like as you're watching it? As you see it happen, what are you thinking? I mean, part of you gets a little fired up as you go to your coach out there fighting for your guy, like his guys. So, I mean, that gets, gets us riled up a little bit. Um, but, I mean, kind of depends on, like, what he's getting rung up for. Like, whether it's, like, Joder, he got a little personal thing for the – I mean, it's never really personal, but he's fighting for us always. We had a, some in Sam Houston State where it was just – things were going our way a little bit. Um, and just, like, I don't know, I feel like we get fired up when we see that, our coach going out there fighting for us. Trev, do you, do you actually practice? You, you know, you had a pretty good bat flip. Uh, Nate talked about the the home run you hit against Washington. And opening, I mean, and it was a bomb. I was at the game. It was an absolute bomb. A no doubter right from the time you hit it. You gave it a little flip. I mean, in the slow motion, it looked really good on video. Do you actually? Is it something you think about or practice, or did it just happen? Uh, Be honest. I, I mean, you do it in like wiffle ball. Like when you play wiffle ball, you do little practice little bat flips and stuff. But I think in the moment, you don't really think about too much. Like you don't really think about flipping the bat and all that stuff. But yeah, and wiffle ball against Choder and all of our uh, teammates, we're bat flipping. Let's talk about that for a second, Nick. Nick, assess because you probably didn't hit against Choder. Maybe you did, but assess. Uh, I've heard that Coach Chote is a wiffle ball legend on the mound. Is that? Can you verify that, Nick? Um, so I, I've seen him throw a wiffle ball a few times out there in right field, throwing like Trev and Sogard and whatever. I mean, he, the ball, it moves a lot. I mean, it definitely moves a lot. It looks solid, solid on the mound, but I've never actually had not that. Might be a little different if I got up there against him, but they look solid for sure. <laughs> yeah, we didn't let Nick uh, mess around with, with the wiffle ball bat. You know, he, he just had to watch from a distance. But yeah. I know Trevin could definitely attest – and, and I know that bat flip didn't come from wiffle ball. I mean, and not off of me anyway. Maybe, maybe a different game, but I know not off of me. All right. Well, let's let's assess. Let's go the other way here. Coop, Coop, and Trev. Can Nick bat at all? Can Can Nick actually hit? Because look, if he, as it currently stands, if baseball goes back to the way it was, if he plays an interleague play, he's going to have to stand in the into the box in a, in a couple years. Huh. Uh, in what is what kind of chance does he have? What's he going to look like as a hitter? <laughs> Intimidating. He can swing it. He can swing a little bit. Out. Okay. We had pitchers. Right. We had pitchers GP <laughs> a couple of times, and Frost was putting them up against a wall stuff like that. I'd say our best hitters are probably him. I got to give Agnew a shout out there, and now Holden too. But but Frost, he can swing it. Okay. All right. Frost Frost was one of the only guys to hit a home run, and everybody kind of lost their mind what happened. 
because we're all like, okay, everybody's hitting, and then you see Frost and go, what? Where'd that come from? It's yeah. like, <laughs> you got some sock. Well, and knowing knowing Nick, he probably just was like, eh, no big yeah. deal, yep. just whatever. It's kind of the way it is. Well, that's good. Well, what what is the part that you're? And I'll open it up for any 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 of you. What is the part that you're most gonna miss about being at LMU? Um, for me, it's just like being around my like the teammates that I've played with the past two years, three years with, and just like the relationships I've made at LMU from like all the teams, different like students, just um, seeing those people every day and like the friendships that I have at LMU, just not being able to see those people all the time, going to miss, but just going to miss LMU baseball in general, but, but yeah. Kind of going off what Nick says, is we spend so much time together. We're literally at the field for seven, eight hours a day, and then we all live together too. So it's like kind of ending that relationship where we don't see each other anymore is kind of – it's going to be tough to, to where we have to keep our relationships but only through the phone, phone calls, and not so much being able to spend time together anymore, which is going to be tough. Trev, any, anything to add to that? Yeah, just being around teammates just 24-7. Uh, like, even practices that, that run a little longer, it's like you start to actually miss those because, like, with this whole quarantine stuff, we haven't been able to see everyone. And, like, I miss even that time with them and, and just being around, like, the locker room and everything around, like, going out to eat, just those types of little things that just you miss a lot when you don't get to be around them. I'll definitely miss that. So the, the team was just starting to kind of – you had a little – great start to the season, hit a little bit of a funk, and then really we're starting to get it going for WCC play, and, and really we're in a great place to start the season at BYU. We're going to sweep them. Everything was going to be great. Let's rewind a little bit and, and talk about this, and Nate's already talked about what that experience was like. But what was the, the, that surreal feeling of – watching everything and, and Coop, I, I saw an interview with you talking about it where you, you kind of realized it was going to happen at some point, but what, walk, walk us through those, that moment of what kind of transpired that day at, in Provo. So it was kind of, it was kind of tough. We're all, we all knew what was going to happen. Like, or I don't want to say not happen, but kind of knew something was going to go down and we weren't sure kind of it was going to go that far because Choder told us first uh, no fans were going to be there. And so we were kind of upset about that. It's like, well, there's, there's, that's kind of upsetting because a lot of parents were going. But then, like, everything got canceled. And then I had a buddy at, like, who played for BYU, and I was talking to him throughout the process. And they were already at the field that day when we were leaving for the airport and had no idea, like, the game even got canceled. So they were just sitting in their locker room, kind of waiting for us to get there and kind of just seeing what happened. And kind of that was just like a surreal moment. So it's like, all right, is this it? Like this, this can't be it. This, like it, it just, just doesn't happen that way. So it's kind of, it's kind of tough in that regard. Yeah, no, no doubt. I think it was a, you know, a tough ending to the season. And I think even being a, a senior, which you know, obviously two seniors, and, and Nick obviously with his draft status was probably going to be his last opportunity as well. So definitely a, an interesting way to end the season and in a season where know that we were poised to 
do some big things and even and even go further than what we've had the previous year. Uh, what, what would you say to a recruit as to why they should come to LMU? Because let's face it, Coach Choate and, and uh, Asaro and Curtis have done a great job of, of really bringing in a, a pretty good group for next year, but in the future years, there aren't a lot of really good players. What would you say to recruit? What's your recruiting pitch to, to all the people that might be listening uh, that, you know, they, why they should come to LMU? Well, the first thing is you really can't beat the location at all. It's a be- beautiful campus, beautiful area around it. And then with the new renovations to the field, it's going to be one of the best fields on the West Coast and even in all of college baseball. And then with what Choder has done and uh, uh, Saro, Curtis, they really understand how to how to coach guys and kind of develop them through through the, the four year three or four years that they are at the school, and I know I didn't come in as like a top guy, and they they helped me all along the way to get where I am today. So you really can't can't beat the the program we have going, and then we're going to be good for a while with all those guys coming in. So it's a it's a good place to be. I mean, this is definitely a great time to come just because like the people before us that, that set that foundation, we're only building off that. And I mean, we went, went to a regional last year, but like, and I was seen as some crazy, like, Oh, we finally made it it's a great year. But like what people don't understand is that like, that's going to be the new standard now at LMU. And we, the people that have set that before we even got there as, as freshmen, like we learned from from Gilly, and then Choder comes, and we learned from Choder, and on all the coaches before that, it's, it's the players too. They like have set that standard, and now it's we're a regional team, we're we're a team that that wins the West Coast Conference Championship every year, and and we're gonna be that from here on out. I think it's a great time to come to LMU for sure. Boy, that's a pretty encouraging recruiting pitch. Anything you can add to that, Nick, at all? Yeah, just like the whole like culture behind LMU baseball in general just like goes so far. Like I'm hearing stories about guys who played here like six, seven years ago that like and just like the culture that goes along with that, such like a family environment. The team every year is always so close and in terms of like baseball and like coaching wise, like I mean they're gonna make you work hard, but it's also fun and they're definitely gonna get the best out of you. They're not just gonna let you slack off. They're gonna make you better and um, just make you play like up to your full potential and then just as like LMU athletics as a whole like all the teams are honestly like pretty close and like they support each other like we go to other sports teams games a lot of sports teams come to our games and it's really just feels like a close group and like a family environment and kind of everyone kind of knows each other and just has fun in that way too so it's a great school yeah great well thank you Nick anything uh, kind of in conclusion Nate that you want to add well, um, the, the incoming recruits have a lot to live up to because, you know, what makes good coaches is good players. We had three great players here. And so um, just like I said, thank you for everything you've done for LMU baseball that you continue to do for LMU baseball. Represent the program in the right way. We're tremendously proud of you and looking forward to watching you on TV here at some point or online or just some sort of baseball. And so looking forward to following you guys' career. But thank you. I, I mean that. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no, I'll just add in really thank you guys a lot for everything that you did for our program and for our school. And, uh, you know, once a line, always a line. We're, we're thankful that you were part of us 
but more importantly, as a, a huge baseball fan, I, I now have some people to keep tabs on and add to my uh, bookmarks on, on minor league baseball so I can check in and, and see how you guys are doing and wish you nothing but the best and hope someday we, we see you in, in the majors uh, giving Fletch a hard time up there in some capacity. Unless you're his teammate, then then I hope it works out extremely well. But nah. we'll go He's in there. my division, so I'll be. Yeah, that's him. right. You got to get up there. And in, in, in Frosso, you got a chance to you know blow a couple by him and, and go there. But uh, you guys are welcome back anytime, and we'd love to have you back. So make sure don't be a stranger. Come back to campus and get in the cages. And hey, when you get that that first contract isn't real great, but after you get through arbitration, and then when you sign that free agent deal, I'll be calling you. Don't worry. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, hey, thanks for joining us. Uh, nothing but the best for you. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in for episode seven of Conversations with Craig. Yeah, thank you for having thank us. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thank you. All right, that's it. The